This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands is sponsored by Braven Audio. Yes, we have a sponsor. We are moving up in the world, people. Let me tell you a little bit about Braven Audio. Braven Audio is a company that is bringing you high-quality portable audio so that you can listen everywhere, whether that's Bluetooth speakers, wireless headphones, earbuds, whatever you're after, Braven can look after you. Maybe you want to listen to Blend In, the latest record from Friends of the Show, Hockey Dad, or Deepest Creatures, the latest album from previous guest, Evan Clark, or maybe even Reservoir, the latest album from today's guest, Gordy. Whatever you're after, Braven can help you out, especially if you're a listener of the show, because if you go to braven.com.au right now, have a look around, find something you like, and... Whatever you are after, you can get 25% off. How cool is that? So go to braven.com.au. That's B-R-A-V-E-N dot com dot A-U. Using the promo code FRIENDS at checkout to get 25% off. Welcome back. My name is David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. We are officially back. We are on the road to episode 100. Welcome back. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking this out. Whether it's your first time, your second time, your 98th time, I really, really appreciate you tuning in, uh, downloading this However you've come across it, it's really, really wonderful to have you here. Indeed, we are on the road to our live episode at the end of the month. It is happening on the 28th of April. It is happening upstairs at the Red Rattler Theatre. It is $10 on the door, with doors at 2pm, and kicking off probably about 2.30. I have three amazing guests lined up who have never done the show before, and I'm very excited to be sharing that with you. So, please keep your eyes and ears to the ground. We will have more announcements about that very, very shortly. Before we get there, though, let's cross to episode 98. Right now, we are going to be having a chat with Gordy. Gordy is a Sydney-based singer-songwriter, real name Sophie Payton. You may have seen the name being whisked about all throughout 2017 with the release of her incredible debut album entitled Reservoir. I got to see Gordy play three times last year, uh, twice uh, at the Tivoli in Brisbane with Gang of Youths, and also at a headlining show at the Oxford Art Factory in Sydney. That is where this was recorded uh, when Soph came down for soundcheck. We sorted it out so that we could have a chat Uh, while the rest of her band was tuning up. That does factor into the recording. I do apologize for that. You will hear a slight uh, thud of the the kick drum and a little bit of synth and a little bit of guitar uh, murmuring off in the background. I don't know. Think of it as like ASMR or something. You know those videos that are going wild at the moment of like 
Africa by Toto, but it's playing in another room. Just think of it like that. Just <laughs> that's that's how I'm going to angle this one. Sophie's a really wonderful, really intelligent, and really, really uh, incredible person uh, that I'm very, very happy to have had the pleasure of meeting and befriending and indeed getting to have on the podcast. And if you are a fan, I'm sure you are going to enjoy this one as well. Uh, it is quite funny that uh, at the start of our conversation, we talk about how Missy Higgins was a very huge early on influence and inspiration for Gordy. And throughout May, you will see Gordy opening for none other than Missy Higgins on her theatre tour of Australia. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, and I'm 99% sure that she knew <laughs> that that was happening while this conversation was being recorded and didn't let a thing slip. Absolute game face from Sophie. So well played. But uh, yes, uh, all the all the capital cities, a couple of uh, regional places as well. Missy Higgins and Gordy are going on tour throughout May, so make sure that you get along to a show and catch Gordy. You will not regret it. Couple of things I want to mention just before we get into this episode. Shout out to our sponsor, Braven Audio. That's right. Once again, we have a sponsor. This is real. Braven Audio are a really awesome audio company that I'm super stoked to be working with and I want to share their products with you. If you would like to check out anything they've got, they've got uh, a really cool bunch of Bluetooth speakers and a bunch of headphones and all that sort of stuff. Whatever you're into, head on over and pick yourself up something nice and get a little discount because you listen to this podcast because you're an absolute legend. Friends is the offer code to be using at checkout at braven.com.au. B-R-A-V-E-N.com.au. The code is FRIENDS. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Speaking of people that make this show possible, a massive, massive thank you to all of the Patreon supporters keeping this podcast up and running. It is very, very much appreciated. You are impacting on this podcast. You are impacting on my livelihood. You are making a difference. And I love you all very, very dearly. So, a huge, huge absolutely massive thank you to Amy Gray, Andrew Nicholson, Blake Hennequin, Britt Andrews, Eleanor Shepard, Hazel Chan, Heath Anthony, Jonathan Elvery, Karen Dennis, Kirsten Day, Christy Wanmaker, Leslie Bowden, Liam Sherlaw, Lily Belnick, Matthew Lynch, Max Quinn, Rachel Maria Cox, Ryan Dunn, Sian Vanabkudi, Simon Barth, Tom Brown, Tom Kennedy, Tom Jenkins, and Zoe Lane. If you would like to join this absolute list of all-time champions, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash barbands, where, for as little as $1 a month, you can support this show and keep it up and running. And of course, if you are a Patreon backer, you will have access to... Any cool stuff that comes up for the podcast, I'm working on a little bit of bonus stuff at the moment, and hopefully I'll be able to share that with you soon. Any news, any uh, spoilers as to who's coming up on the show, it's all going to be up there on Patreon. So if you want to be on the loop and you want to support the show, patreon.com slash barbands. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash barbands. Okay, here we go. 
episode 98. This is the incredible, the beautiful, the talented Gordy. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Gordy. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? Now, was it Sofa or is it Gordy? What do, what do we go with from here? You can call me Sofa. Because you're my friend. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I've finally been included. Why, why Gordy? Where did that come from? I'm it's... sure you've been asked that a million no, times. No, no, it's yeah. the most commercial radio. <laughs> so, so, what's, what's Gordy? What's no, your... no. It's important to know. Um, <laughs> it is a family nickname. So, it's kind of funny that it, like, it's like started as like the most intimate name ever like only my you know my three siblings and my parents called me that right um and i always kept it a massive secret and then yeah just through a series of like funny circumstances i kind of started to go under that name yeah um, but i was really embarrassed about it at first so like i remember playing a gig at like fbi social like right. years ago yeah, yeah yeah and i got off the stage and people were like you didn't like say who you were <laughs> <And> i was <laughs> like I was like, because I didn't want people to know what my name was, and they're like, that's going to be really difficult. <laughs> so I, um, I've gradually come to terms with it, and yeah, now I'm just, um, I'm all about it. <laughs> well, what's the, what's the etymology? Like, what's we the We actually context? don't know. It's like really? my, my brother, like, called me Gordon when I was a kid, like, which is like a man's name, or like maybe it was after the suburb, like, we honestly don't know, but um, he just called me that, and then it got shortened to Gordy, because like, that's slightly more feminine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And now he's stuck with it. That's it. We're at Oxford Art Factory, and uh, Sophie is here with her full ensemble for uh, the uh, headlining tour. Can, um, mm. Congratulations on selling this bad boy out. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So there's a couple of couple of familiar faces in there. A couple of n- uh, new and old people in yeah. there. I, I saw Mr. Lachlan West sadly isn't with us on this tour. I know, yes, Lockie's gone to the States now. Um, but no, we've got, yeah, got like a full lineup. Got, um, like, yeah, Liam Drinnan on the drums. We've got Lockie McDonald on, like, sax and electric guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got uh, Mickey Kojak on the keys, Adrian McGruder on the bass. Um, and then we've got Liam um, from, um, like, Sasquatch and Dorsal Fins playing trumpet, and he's playing some glockenspiel as well. Hectic. So, yeah, it's going to be really good, and I, like... It's a I lot was, of people. It is, I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember kind of, like, I was saying to someone that I remember when I first started playing music that I was, like, I kind of always thought that, like, like playing at Oxford Art Factory, like, like was the big leagues you know yeah, like yeah, I remember yeah. thinking that would be like the first sort of tangible sign that like I was a proper musician <laughs> so it's nice to finally be here <laughs> totally yeah. um so we met earlier this year on the uh, the tour you did with uh, lifetime friends of the show gang of youths mm. how was how was that tour for you it was great yeah I, Dave the is a great friend of mine and um he he's a great friend of everyone he is a great friend of everyone yeah <laughs> Truly down to him. Ra- rarely will you meet a more friendly human. I uh, know he is, and um, yeah, he was really like he was lovely to um, ask that you know if I could come and do the tour, and, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've, I'm such a big fan of theirs, and you know it was amazing exposure for me to play at like Horden and stuff. Oh like sure, that. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, was incredible, and yeah, it was um, 
you know, there were definitely like a good, a good kind of portion of people who I felt were responding well to mm. it, and yeah, it was a, it was a really nice tour to do. Yeah, totally. But uh, so yeah, that was the first time we met. But the first time I actually saw you play as uh, I as I dispersed you at this Gang of Youth show was uh, you opening for one of my childhood heroes, Ben Lee. Oh, cool. Awesome. That's great. What, what, the Newtown Social Club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dearly Departed Newtown Social Club. Yeah. What, what was that like? Because, like, like yeah. for me, like, growing up, like, Breathing Tornadoes was the second <laughs> album I ever bought. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, like, you know, like... Yeah. He's just one of those people that have just always kind of followed even yeah. when he gets into like the super hippy dippy yeah, stuff I'm yeah, just like yeah. alright no 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 we wrote cigarettes will kill you like there's, no, no, there's no, obviously no, an end game here such a banger <laughs> um, yeah he was that was a great tour actually that was kind of a bit of a turning point for me I think like when things started to kind of happen a bit more like mm. that was kind of one of the first more serious tours that I'd done yeah. and he was like <coughs> excuse me he was such a lovely guy um, to tour with and you know kind of was happy to impart a lot of wisdom which was nice oh, that's beautiful so I begin all of these by tracing back the initial interest in music specifically where it changed from being something that maybe you were listening to on the radio or watching on TV or something like that to being uh, something where it's just like this is what I want to do like I want to sing I want to be in a band I want to play music that sort of stuff so mm. like how did music kind of factor into your childhood was it kind of omnipotent and omnipresent was it always kind of that. Yeah, I think for me, like, the biggest, like, it's Missy Higgins, you know, like, like that, yeah, was, like, right, right, that right. was kind of the biggest, like, I, I got the Sound of White record when I, for my 12th birthday at the end of 2004, I got my first guitar, like, I'd kind of been playing on my brother's guitar, but my parents gave me, like, a Fender acoustic guitar, yeah, 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 um, yeah. and then I went away to boarding school. And, you know, where, like, we didn't really, like, watch TV in the afternoons because that wasn't really the, the vibe, so I just, like, sat on my guitar and worked through this book and listened to the record and and it was came into my life at a time where I was, you know, starting to feel adolescent feelings mm. oh, and emotions yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was trying to work through all of that. I I like, you know, I felt like what she was singing about was like I don't know, was, you know, it's like like I I'd, I'd never related to music. I'd always enjoyed music and I'd yeah. always you know, things would get stuck in my head and there was music that meant a lot to me but kind of for sentimental reasons, whereas this mm, was mm. like, kind of spoke to me on an entirely different level. And that was sort of why I started writing music was because it was like a journal, you know, like, yeah, it was like sure, a, sure, sure, a sure. way of processing things. And it was kind of years before I actually played them in front of people. Um, and then finally kind of worked up the courage to do that. And then it sort of came full circle because I finished school and like, I performed a lot at school, written a lot at school and I yeah. loved it. And then I sort of finished it and I, took a year off, went travelling, and then came back, and I started at uni, and I was kind of starting my degree, and I kind of hadn't thought about pursuing music as a career, to be honest, mm. because I just didn't think it was, like, a, a viable kind of possibility. Right, sure, sure, sure. And then halfway through the, my first year at uni, I went to a Missy Higgins show at the Seymour Centre. Yeah, right. And I walked out of it, and I just... I remember walking along, like, City Road... And just thinking, like, holy shit, like, that is what I should be doing. You know, yeah. like, like, just the way that she'd made me feel in that show and just mm, that, like, mm. like, that kind of warmth that spreads from your chest up your neck and, and into your head and yeah. into your bones. And wow. I just, like, I was so moved by it. And I went home that night. I was staying at my auntie. I remember so clearly. I remember lying in this bed at my auntie and uncle's house in Clavelli. And I, like, went on Triple J unearthed. And mm. I just was, like, kind of perusing it and like just sort of browsing through 
and then I thought, okay, I'm gonna like I had some really shit demos, and so mm. I just uploaded them on Unearthed, um, and and then yeah, I kind of like. I decided that's when I wanted to sort of start playing live again, so I got some yeah, right. people together and, and we played our first show at the end of 2012, and then kind of for the next, like, like 18 months, I just sort of played live, like, as much as yeah, I could, yeah, 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 and yeah. then at the end of 2014, I sort of released my first um, song, so, yeah. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you have you had a chance to actually meet Mr. Higgins? I have. Yeah. 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 Right. So what? I have because um yeah my like we my manager reached out to hers John Watson who's a very yeah, sure, like, sure, sure. Know, yeah. well known guy of course um and the weird thing is I'm also at uni with John Watson's wife um so I kind of oh, I've met I've met, met her through that but then so there was kind of this connection and then um you know my manager told John. What an influence Missy had had, and, yeah. and he passed it on to Missy, and she was really like happy to have a coffee with me. So we caught up for a coffee, and I was just sitting there being like, just like, don't cool, freak out, cool, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So that was crazy, but um, yeah, and you know, and then uh, like I, I wrote a piece about Sound of White actually, like around the time my record came out, and she wrote back a really nice, oh you know, god, thing. So, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's. She's been a. Um, she's sort of yeah has been this thing that I've like. Well, this, this person, this artist that I've kept yeah. kind of coming back to. Totally, totally. Mm. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a outside of a small town called Canoundra, which is like a small farming community um, in the central west of New South Wales, and yeah, right. on, a, on a farm called Alfalfa. Um, and we, you know, have sheep and crops, and my family have lived on it for like 120 years. Wow. Um, and yeah, so I grew up there, and then I came away to like to Sydney to go to boarding school when I was 12, and I've kind of lived in Sydney ever since. Yeah, right, right, right. I can imagine growing up, like, you know, music is this really kind of foreign concept, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's such an abstract thing. It's just like, yeah. oh, like, you couldn't even dream of, like, seeing an artist in the flesh. Oh, yeah, know? I hadn't really, I didn't really go to a live concert. I, well, I went to, I, get, I went to Miss Higgins when yeah. I was, like, 16, and she played at, like, one of the massive, like, almost stadiums. Um, and that was kind of the first live show, really, that I went to, because there wasn't, like, we didn't really have a lot of live music at home, so, Mm, like, mm. I was just listening to Billy Joel, like, for my whole childhood, Mm. and then I listened to The Sound of White, and, you know, and Tapestry, and, like, like, you know, kind of good old records. Yeah, 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 yeah. the classics. Um, Yeah, but, yeah, so it was, like, it wasn't really until I left school that I feel like I became part of, like, a live music scene, even as a fan. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm. Well, when was the first time you performed live? I performed live at the Tempe Valve and Bar. Oh! Um, on the... Wretched like, hive of scum yeah. and villain, if there ever was one. <laughs> it was like the 18th of December, it was about 45 degrees. Woof. And I was sweating like mofo. Like, it was just the hottest day. And, yeah, we had all these songs that I'd written as a teenager. And mm. It was, you know, it, it reignited my love for performing and... and Kind of was was very instrumental to getting me here. Oh, what? <laughs> if Alvar was good for anything, it was <laughs> just that. Yeah, nothing, pretty else. nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, like, were you performing at school or anything like that? Yeah, I performed a lot at school. Like that was kind of where I. I mean, I, even in primary school, I did like I was always, I, you know, I did drama. I did all that. I did. I was. I loved being on a stage. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And then kind of it took it to a whole new level when I was able to perform something that I had actually written myself. Sure. Um. So yeah, and like it was it was a pretty. You you know, we had a lot of musical people at the school and we'd all like, but less like band stuff, more like mm. violins and shit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my first like, 
sort of band was like me on acoustic guitar, my friend on like piano, and then my two other friends on violin and viola. Oh, so God. So it was like Fuck rocking yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what, were we dropping like some barks? Yeah, beats? yeah, yeah, super beats. Yeah. Literally dropping the classics? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good. Oh, classic. <laughs> yeah. What do you remember about those those early shows of, you know, like trying to, you know, yeah. take your hand at, well, try your hand at, at being in a, a, like an acoustic, you know, singer song? Yeah, writer, it was like, I remember like I had a song called, um, called In The End, um, which I'd written when I was like 15. Right. And, um, and I wrote some parts for it for piano, guitar, and then mm. for violin and viola. And so I like gave the kind of music to the girls and I was like you know like improvise around this because they were all such wonderful musicians yeah 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 um, and you know all of whom I've kind of played with since they sort of all took them away learnt the parts and then we got together in this room where they, we were all boarding together yeah. and there was this place called the reception room which has this like beautiful grand piano that was at, at the school we were at um, and so we met in there and I was like okay let's just like try and play it so yeah. I was like one two three go and um, and I like halfway through I like I yeah I remember the feeling of like intangible kind of like fulfillment and happiness mm. of being like this has come from my head and now I'm hearing it yeah. and I like it was like ecstasy like it was I was like I was smiling so widely I couldn't sing the words wow. you know which sounds like so cheesy but oh, like no, it was gorgeous. just like it was an incredible moment where yeah. I was like this is like that's you know to like the creative process of like having an idea to it like being fleshed out by people in front of you yeah I was like there's nothing cooler than that yeah you, you should have done that as your original for like a verse <laughs> brought it full circle I know. In, in the, the end, end and in, in the end yeah <laughs> <laughs> at what point do, do things like kind of like like you said kind of start picking up like like was there a kind of a moment where you're just like oh shit like this might actually be going somewhere like bigger than you know just like you know casually you know doing yeah. like you know back of bars or whatever here and there yeah I think like the kind of we um like I, I put out a, a song called Can We Work It Out yeah and it sort of got I mean nothing's the same my first song got added to rotation and it Triple J like flogged it over the summer which was really yeah wonderful. just nice and casual and then yeah we, well, you know, <laughs> just casual high <laughs> rotation you know no that, that was the, the day like that <laughs> happened I was like I was in Melbourne and my manager called me and I like ran outside and I was just like fuck <laughs> on the phone I was like I was beside myself but I sort of remember that for me like there was sort of that was definitely a turning point and then um, like big sound 2015 was a bit yeah, of a turning point yeah, because yeah. that's when I kind of was label interest was sort of happening for me mm. um, and that was kind of a bit of a turning point for that but I think like a big difference sort of for me personally was when we got we toured with the band of Monsters and Men oh sure yeah and um, we played at like the you know the Trifford and um, we played down at the Palais mm. and I remember that like that tour being really sort of instrumental for me in like in performance confidence and being like okay how like ambitious do we yeah, want to be with stuff totally and, totally and then and you know that kind of started the run of getting some really great supports and just like um you know sort of getting the like just performance experience and mm, I was actually mm. saying to, to my manager Adrian like we had the Howler show last Saturday yeah and I had just flown in on Friday night from Munich and this band Oof. that we're playing with have I'd never played with before They'd been rehearsing all week, so I'd landed Friday night, we loaded in early Saturday, and we, like, ran the set through a couple of times. Yeah. And then we were going to have this, like, sold-out show, and I was, like, pretty nervous, but 
it just like it kind of went off almost without a hitch mm. and I honestly like put it down to just performance experience you know and it's like if I mean if that if I'd done that like 18 months ago I would have been so nervous and I would have fucked up repeatedly yeah. but I think like I've just played so many shows over the past couple of years and in yeah. like wonderful venues because I've done these great support tours and yeah, yeah, yeah. for anyone like starting out like you just cannot there is no replacement for performance experience you know like for yeah. just playing like show after show after show and then you get up there and you've kind of all your muscles and your vocal cords and your fingers like they've done the same thing so many times that mm. you can just kind of rely on yourself to like to do it enough and it, it and then it kind of gets you in a position where you can actually enjoy the show and sure. sort of, you know just just deliver as good a performance as you can on the night how do you navigate though, that though as, you know, like a young person like trying to take all of that on at the same time, you know, because like yeah. you would have been like, you know, like 21, 22 <laughs> and all of this sort of stuff mm. was happening, you know, like, you know, stuff that, you know, even, you know, people like even in their 30s and 40s, mm. it's, it's still, you know, a lot to take in, you know, yeah. like getting management and like radio yeah. play and like performing yeah. in front of, you know, like international artists yeah. and stuff like that. That's a huge, huge yeah. thing to, to, you know kind of happen like and you know like over like a relatively short period of time too. yeah I think like the key is finding someone who you can rely on other than yourself yeah you know? and so like for me it was my manager Adrian who like yeah. I just kind of found through good fortune because he was dating my sister um and now he's my sister's husband and so um it's you know like I like finding him like he kind of cemented the sort of vision that I had and, and kind of built on it to mm. be honest and so I think having, like, I don't know how people do it, you know, on their own, because right, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. there's no way I could have, and, like, having someone who's, like, you're kind of pushing each other, bouncing ideas off each other, and just being, like, shit, can we actually, like, do this? And yeah. the other person's like, yeah, like, we can, and, you know, you kind of have to keep filling each other with co enough confidence, because so often I'd get to these, like, these amazing venues and be like, surely this is a joke, like, surely someone's yeah, going to come and tap yeah, me on the shoulder yeah. and be like... This, well, you're actually not supposed to be here. But, um, I just, that camera and that camera. You know, I kind of realised that, like, everyone in this, like, fakes it till they make it, you know? Like, yeah, sure. Like, seriously, everybody. And, like, you kind of always, like, I remember coming to shows here at Oxford Art Factory being like, yeah. they're superstars. And, you know, right? and now you're playing here and you're like, well, we're not superstars. We're, <laughs> we're just, like, we're just playing a show. And so it's Excuse kind of, yourself. you know, it's kind of, like, all, it gets, it gets re more and more relative the further in Yeah, 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 yeah. Touring like properly and and extensively for the first mm. time, like um, how how has that been? Like it's it's one thing to you know maybe do like you know one or two shows over a weekend yeah. and stuff like that, but like when you when you're in that you know hustle of you know yeah. doing like dozens and dozens of shows over yeah. a, a course of a few months, like yeah. is that is that something you're still kind of getting used to and kind of getting your head around? Oh stuff? yeah, I think like I mean when I was I just got back on Friday night and I'd had like something like. 20 shows in the last 22 days Jesus or something. Christ, yeah. And I was like, I, I, I had the last show in Munich and I went back to my hotel room and I put my hands on the chair in front of me and I just cried for like 15 minutes for just like, Fucking just like hell. an outpouring. It was almost like an energy, you know, less like a sadness, just like yeah. this kind of full blow off of steam. And yeah, it's fucking hard like it's really challenging and you, people are like you're traveling the world and you're like well yeah. i'm sleeping in a tour bus and i'm like i'm like preserving my energy all day maybe going for a walk to get a coffee and yeah. then playing a show and then hurrying up back to wait yeah and, you know it's like it's pretty arduous but um it's still like i still enjoy it because the performances are are awesome and this is what i want to do with my life and sure, it, you sure, know sure, like sure. it's it's the challenges kind of make it 
you know, even even more worth it because you're kind of like you you're like I'm working my ass off, and you know, and then I get to get up and you know in Munich and play in front of 800 people or whatever it is, mm. and, and you know that's like that still blows me away to be able to do that. But yeah, it is like especially being a solo artist, I think, and because I've I've started to get into this pattern of like playing with different people, like you know I had like yeah. different session guys <coughs> play with me in the UK, which kind of can make it. Kind of, to be honest, like quite isolating and sure, um, yeah. So it's like I'm a bit of a silo on tour, and you know, though we like all play and well, of course we get along and have like we had a bunch of fun nights out. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm, you know, it's kind of it. It, it can get quite isolating. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's like it's not your mates, it's you. Yeah, it's like exactly. your co-workers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not my mates, and and I have often like battled a bit with like getting a real post-show kind of depression just as in like a short a transient thing in terms of yeah, you get that yeah, massive yeah, yeah, high yeah. and then you get the adrenaline withdrawal and you just I just crash really hard and I've been touring a lot has been good at like getting me better at that because it's always something I've really struggled with being mm. like how do you just come down from that um, so that's been kind of good practice for me to build a bit of resilience and be like okay just because the show's over doesn't mean like I have to be really sad because there's a show tomorrow and there's more yeah. to look forward to and but um, yeah, it's a real like head fuck to be honest. A lot of the time, and you yeah, just kind of, of you, you a lot of it. And I'm still growing up, you know. I'm like 24, and sure, a lot of it I'm just yeah is learning about about yeah how you can kind of tackle different things, especially when I have no no one really familiar around me. Um, so it's yeah, it's you know, it's all a big learning experience. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. What do you think, you know, this year in particular, like you said, has been massive, you know, playing mm. the biggest shows you've ever played, yeah. not only, you know, under your own name, but, you know, yeah. like performing with, you yeah. know, other artists and yeah. stuff like that, and, you know, playing in places that you've never played before and stuff mm. like that. Like, mm. uh, this year in particular, what do you think are some of the, the key things that, that you've learnt and you know, have been kind yeah. of important uh, things to remind yourself of as you kind of progress forward? Yeah. I think that, like... I think that, I guess, back to the performance experience thing and kind of expanding on that is just, like, you know, there's just, like, nothing can replace, like, just time spent, you know? Like, Mm. time spent, like, on the road, time spent writing, like, how much, just how much experience you can get, and that's something that just comes with time. and, And you sort of, I think, often... You know, especially like my record came out this year, and yeah, there's this yeah. kind of feeling like you want it all at once. Like you want, a, you want the big, the big write-ups, and you want the big crowds, and you want the festivals, and all this sort of stuff. And you know, sometimes it doesn't all happen the way you want it to. But I think you have to keep coming back to like why you're doing it. And playing that show at Howler the other night, and I'm sure tonight will reaffirm it for me that yeah. it's kind of you know, it's about those like those fans that are turning up and those people that write things to you on social media where they say. Mm you know, I just, your song just got me through this terrible divorce, or or it got yeah, me through Jesus. the death of someone, or it's, you know, it, it's like, you're like, wow, that is like, I mean, you know, just describing the effect that, like, Missy Higgins had on me, Yeah, you know, it's you're like... You're someone's Missy Higgins. Well, well, I mean, the thought of someone sort of being that impacted by something you create yeah. is like, is, is, is kind of too big to comprehend, but totally. um, the closest I can get to comprehending it is when I play a show and you see people yeah. in front of you connecting to it. And I think, I think this year like, has taught me to remember like, what is important and what is not and, and to focus on the things you can control and the things that you can't to just be like, you know what, 
whatever's going to happen for me is going to happen for me. I'm going to focus on trying to create some good music and and get it out into the world, and yeah. everything else will kind of fall where it, where it may. Sure, sure. Mm. I guess one of the key differences between you know your performances now and you know your performances when you were starting out, like you've gone from being you know this solo acoustic singer songwriter mm. to you know everything but the kitchen sink being <laughs> up there, you know, like yeah. you know, just wheeling around the harmonium wherever you go, you know, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where did where did the kind of I guess that maximalist approach kind of yeah. start for you? Like was was it just like you know what? Mm. Fuck it. This song could have fifty thousand yeah. didgeridoos. Let's well, do it. Kind of like I think like we we've always tried to be really ambitious with what we've done. Yeah. Um. Because like that's that's the that's kind of the the I, the the the, uh, the sort of I guess image that we want to create is mm. like is something that's really ambitious and we're not. You know, like even if we were overspending or whatever it is, like it's <laughs> like we we want to deliver. Like every time I play a show, I want people to be like, "Wow, that was you know that yeah. was like that was kind of one of the most memorable experiences that I've had of a live show." Not like, "Yeah, that was, that was cool. I saw the songs that I came to see." And, yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. kind of like I don't know. I think people deserve that, and I want to give that to people. Like mm. I've been to a live show where you can tell that the artist has like gone to extreme lengths to make sure that I enjoy it as a fan and I like yeah. have a lot of respect for that and so totally. I want to kind of give that respect back to the people that are paying money to come and come and see me play um, and yeah I think in terms of like the actual live setting it's sort of come as a result of like having these big sweeping like instrumentation um, on the actual record so like you know when we when we made Reservoir we mm. kind of we didn't hold back on the instrumentation yeah, so yeah, then yeah. when it came time to putting it live I was like well why don't we like I don't want to put it all on a track and just yeah, play, yeah, yeah, play along course, like yeah. I want to have as much of it on the stage as we can and yeah. really emphasise the the live versus the electronic because I feel like we've got enough electronic and we just like I want more live instrumentation mm, yeah I mean it's one thing to be up there you know just you know singing and playing guitar and stuff mm. like that but like Obviously, you've incorporated more and more stuff, you know, like the vocoder yeah, and, yeah. like, you know, like the harmonium, as we mentioned, mm. and stuff like that. Mm. Has it kind of been difficult to, like, navigate performing with other stuff, you know? Like, it's one thing to just get up there and sing and play guitar, yeah. but, like, you've got a, a couple of things, like, running through your mind at any yeah. given time, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, and, it, like, again, that's just through practice. Like, you know, someone came up the other day, and when I play Heaven I Know, and I'm sort of, like running the, the yeah you get the loop pedal going yeah someone was like oh like how are you you know thinking about all that and I was like the first time I played that song I was shitting myself oh like, yeah because that like, could fall apart at yeah. any and, second but you know what the thing is it has fallen apart <laughs> which is also good because yeah. it means that like now I know you to count to three do. you know like, <laughs> like one two fuck <laughs> <laughs> but um I yeah like I think I've now I've I've had like terrible performance experiences. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like, when they happen now, I'm like, okay, turn it off and just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just through like constant practice and constant playing that you just you just get better. And, yeah. You know, you can you can learn to kind of handle more things in your head because the stuff that you originally learnt and are trying to remember now is so learnt that you don't have, like I don't have to, I can think about other things while I'm yeah, playing a song. Of course, you know? of course. Mm. And and when, now now that you know you've you've spent the year, you know, like touring this record and, you know, getting to do all these things mm. and kind of coming towards the end of it now, mm. like uh, where do you kind of see things going from here? Like is it gonna kind of be this 
cyclical thing of continually, you know, working with different artists mm. and musicians and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, it, is, is it one of those things where it's all kind of planned out to the point where you know what you're doing, you know, all no. of next year no, and shit? God, no. <laughs> um, no, I know that I'm going to, I'm going to record an acoustic version of the record. Whoa. Yeah, which I haven't Entirely. said anywhere yet. But that's, that's okay, crazy. there we go. Um, but yeah, I'm, I want to do that and I want to get it out like early next year. Right. Um, it's just, yeah, entirely. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to South by Southwest. And then I'm, I'm touring with a band called Sunlux down the west coast of the US. And I'm touring nice. with, with an artist named S. Carey down the east coast. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, from, from the Bon Iver band. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, um, and then, yeah, I'll be back here for a bit in kind of May. Um, and then I'll probably be, be touring for a lot of the remainder of the year. Um, and, yeah, kind of working, you know, I've been writing, like, a, the next record. And um, just sort of maybe, yeah, getting in the <laughs> studio and, and tracking a bit of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, people I'm working with, there is something nice about stability, and I'm like, you know, I mean, Mickey, who plays keys for me, has, has yeah. been my keys guy for a while now, and I think yeah, he yeah, will yeah. be for, for the kind of the, the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. but there's also something nice about getting new artists in, because they all bring something different, and I learn something from each of them. Um, so yeah, at the moment, I mean, to be totally honest, it's about a like logistics thing. Who's, sure, who's available yeah, and, yeah, of course. How, how can we do it? Um, but yeah, I think um, I'm, I've, I've kind of, this year's been a lot for me about just like, going with the flow mm, um, mm. and and relaxing about like you know if I can just trust the people who are on stage with me even if I haven't played with them a bunch of times yeah. um, then I just do my thing and I rely on them to do theirs and um, so far all of them have delivered so yeah. <laughs> yeah. James Brown used to do this thing where if he like had like newer guys or whatever anyone yeah. like this whole big band performing with yeah. him on stage um, and one of them would fuck up like he'd just point at them during the <laughs> performance and it just it'd look cool no I'm not fired your pay's doc for the night. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. I might yeah do if, anyone, if anyone if anyone fucks yeah. up, just, just give them the just give them the yeah. nod. Yeah, like, yeah, you're not you're not getting it tonight, buddy. Yeah, not yeah, a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we'll wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, Toph, I asked this of all of my guests. Mm-hmm. Now it's your turn. Yes, I want to know about the best and the worst shows that you have ever played in your entire I've ever life. Played. Ooh. Okay. So the best show. The best show was probably, oh, actually, probably last Saturday night. To be honest, yeah, um, was the best. I mean, otherwise, opening for Bonivera at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York was like up there. Um, yeah, but to be honest, last Saturday night actually was the best because um, it was like I've never sold that many tickets to a show. I mean, and tonight to as anything, well, yeah, to yeah, anything. yeah. So like that was the you know there were 450 people from not my home city, um, and I had a six-piece band and it was fucking awesome. Um, so okay. that was that was really cool, um, and everything you know it was just like a really nice feel in the crowd. Everyone mm. was so lovely, um, and we just had a really fun time. Perfect. Um, the worst show was probably many years ago, well, like three, probably four or four years ago. I played in Katoomba um, at a restaurant, and they um, I was playing like a, a set there, um, just like on my guitar. I hadn't put out any music. I was just like you know, gigging. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's one man who was sitting in the restaurant and when I started playing, he put his headphones in. And then, oh, and then, and then the, the man who owned the restaurant at the very end when I finished came out, gave me like 50 bucks because he felt so sorry for me. Oh my God. And then I got in my car and I drove back to Sydney and it was double demerits and I was speeding. Oh and no. I got a $550 fine and lost eight points oh, on my license. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, 500 to be fair. <laughs> you got a head start. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and for the Still optimist, you know. 
Christ. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if it ever happens again, just yeah. uh, just go on tour, you yeah. know. You sort of yeah. do the parking fines tour. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Guys, I'm going to level with you. This yeah. is just to, to clear this shit up. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was a rough time. <laughs> the album is Reservoir. It is out now. It will be out still by the time that you hear this. <laughs> it. It's been one of my favorite records of this year. So if yeah. it's an absolutely wonderful record, Thank I'm, you uh, so much. yeah, you're, you're so so welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you would like to add uh, before we uh, get on out of here? I don't think so. That's it for me. Perfect. Yeah. Well, so thank you so, so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm David James Young, and all my friends from Barbara.